Hey guys, I'm Norb. And I'm Mike. And we are the Watchmen. The men who watch and play video games. Because <laughs> like a video game, if it's on the screen, we are playing it, watching it, talking about it, and sharing our thoughts about it with you guys out there. So that was a little foreshadowing there. Today we are going to talk about the games we're playing now. And by now, I'm kind of looking at this as in the last 10 years. So, Okay. So uh, before we jump into the games... First, I just want to thank all of you out there on YouTube world who are watching us. Please hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell because it really helps out our channel. And for everybody out there who's listening on podcast, thank you for doing so. We appreciate that. Uh, feel free to tell your friends about it and drop us a, a comment or an email just to let us know you're listening, what you like about the show. And if there's any ideas of some things you'd like us to talk about, we would love to hear from you out there. So the show is for you. So. Games we're playing now, or at least now, or the last 10 years. So, Mike, between the two of us, you are the gamer. And so I'm going to definitely start off with you to get things rolling. I've got a okay. few of mine, but you definitely play a lot more games than I do. So uh, I have a feeling that you're going to be leading the charge on this one. So, Mike, you can get things rolling. Just remember, Norb, you always could play more games. There are so many games at your disposal. And if you're ever trying to figure out something new to try, you know a guy who could give you some good advice on what you might enjoy. Uh, and, and I know it's not a shortage of games. Trust me, it's kind of like movies or shows out there that are, there's not a lack of choices. It's just the <laughs> jumping in and saying, I'm going to do this now. It's always sometimes challenging. But I'm excited to hear what games that I probably do know and some that I probably never heard of. And it'll be fun to find, along, find out along with our audience here what you got up your sleeve. All right. Well, and... Along the lines of gaming, Norb, there's, uh, and I did not come up with this term. My friend Shane Monroe came up with this, and I'm, I'm not sure if he invented it or not, but it's a good term. It's called Twitch gaming. So there's there's certain types of games. There's games that you're thinking of that are, that are you know, we talk about that are the ones you have to get deep into them. It's an experience, a journey, a big time commitment. Then there's Twitch games. Twitch games are the kind that you could just pick up, play for 10 minutes, get a fix, quit, be good, pick it up whenever you want. And maybe that's the kind of game that might be something you could try. And the first game I'm going to talk about is, is in a way, kind of a Twitch game. It's called Gwent, the Witcher card game. And I've done some Gwent videos that even exist on our channel. Uh, it's a free-to-play digital collectible card game made by a company called CD Projekt Red. And they made a game that I'm also going to talk about later called The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, which... Really, Gwent came out of that, so to speak, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that later. You can play Gwent on the PS4, the Xbox One, or the PC, or your Android phone, or your iPhone, which is cool. You can play it anywhere, and you have a free account with good old games. That's all you have to do is set that up, and you can start playing. And I will say that I tend to avoid free-to-play games because the term... For free-to-play that gamers call it is pay-to-win. That's what gamers mm. call free-to-play games because, of course, you're going to put some money into it at some point if, uh, if, you, you know, if you want to. But as I've played Gwent, I have learned you truly can play Gwent and get good at Gwent without spending any money. If you want to spend money in Gwent, it can do two things for you. It can accelerate your ability to get more interesting cards quicker, which is not a requirement. 
or money can buy you vanity items. And vanity items are ways to decorate your cards or the characters that sit on the play field when you're playing and give them different outfits. It's really the Fortnite approach. That's how Fortnite works is Fortnite's free to play, but the money you spend is on outfits looking cool. And and I'm good with that because really what it means is if you want to spend money to look cool, you can. If you want to spend money to get some different cards quicker, you can. But it doesn't mean if you don't spend money, you can't be good at it. And I, I like that. So I highly you recommend Gwent as something to do because, and again, other gamers I know, when I tell them about Gwent, they said, oh, that's pay to win, isn't it? And right away, condescending tone... And I, and I try to say, no, it's not. But I can tell they're already convinced it is. And I thought, well, it's too bad because I guess sometimes you have to get into something to learn what it is. But, you know, Norb, thinking about Gwent, I was thinking about this the other day. Gwent has been such an experience for me because it is so different than the typical games I tend to play, which tend to be shooters, role-playing games, uh, explore, exploration-type stuff. You know, whether you got guns or swords, you know, I like puzzles, stealth. Gwent is a strategy-based card game that you play against real opponents. Always. You never play the computer. Always real people out there in the world. And playing other human beings is a whole different experience in itself from when you play the computer. And I challenged myself to, to, to try to succeed at getting good at this game because it was something I wasn't comfortable with. Meaning I have friends that are really good strategic thinkers. I, I, they play a lot of board games. They're good at it. And, and if you play board games, you have to be a good strategic thinker. Even when we grew up, you know, whether, whether you're playing sorry or Scrabble or the star Wars escape, the death star game, there's strategic thinking involved. Even if you're just playing cards, poker, So this is a game where you play cards, but the cards have powers. They have different points and you can war with other people's cards. You can destroy them. You can, you can kind of uh, basically secure them. Uh, And it's three rounds and there's a strategy sometimes to pass on a round to play later. And there are so many cards that you can eventually get that do all kinds of different things. You can build decks based on strengths and it has been so much fun. And what I want to share with you, Norb, though, is that I've realized there's the world of esports. Esports is a term. Do you know what esports means? If I say esports, uh, electronic that- sports, is that, is that the or video games is like a competitive sport out there? Exactly. They, they actually make a whole People make yeah. money as professionals doing it, right? Isn't that what you mean? Like Dota, right? Defense yeah. of the Ancients. <clears throat> Esports is a term for competitive gaming where mm-hmm. you play for money. You play for, for power, for glory, for being the best in the world. It's, it's a form of sports. It's just, I guess you could say electronic sports or gaming sports. But Gwent has its own esport competition. The best Gwent players in the world play for money in big tournaments. Okay. And... And I have played some darn good opponents. And and the way Gwent works is you have a ranking and an experience. And your rank is based on how many times you win and lose. Your experience is just based on how much you play. So as you gain experience, it can give you rewards to help unlock cards. 
but your rank is who the game will put you against. So mm -hmm. right now I have a rank of 13. And so whenever I play a match, it's putting me against another 13 ranked person, which is good because when you start out and you're at a one, they'll put you against a one. So, so that's one another reason. Low, one's like the lowest. Yeah, that's your beginning. That's how, yeah, it starts oh, okay. at one. And I thought up. one yeah, was the opposite like of what Okay, you think. got it. No. Okay, all right. Now, uh, the, the ranking one. goes very thing. high. Okay. So, uh, so you moved up to 13. So I play against other players that are as good as me. And what I learned is when I started playing, I could win more matches based on playing people that didn't know what they were doing, even when I didn't know what I was doing. But now when I play, I am usually playing against much smarter opponents. And I have had to readjust even the way I play because the old ways don't work anymore. These All mm. these little tricks I could do, I get my I ass handed to me. Time and time again, by by, I make one mistake, and someone will come in for the kill and just just destroy me. And it's it's infuriating, Norb. I mean, hmm. you know, you'll laugh. There's times I I start kind of shouting at the screen because I'm pissed that I made a mistake, and they're they're basically destroying me, and I have to watch. Hmm. And it's like a sporting event. It's like losing a football game. Sometimes I. I get so frustrated and sometimes I've come back at the end to barely win. There's a video on our, on our page where I, I did just that. I won in the, the final stretch, but uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this is really a compliment to a certain type of opponent. And I say this in all respect to Asians, but whenever my, when you play an opponent, they always have a username. So I'm, Dirk 182. So a lot of times I'll play an opponent and his, their name will be like, you know, uh, you know, Smash Bunny 12, you know, okay. or, or, you know, Richter 6. I mean, whatever, random names. But whenever I have to play opponent and their name is entirely in Asian characters, oh, okay. they are twice as good, I swear. <laughs> they are, and I don't know what it is, but the one thing I do see is in the big national tournaments, it's usually Chinese teams or other Asian group teams that seem to be the best in the world. And I don't know what it is in the Asian culture, but Norb, your, your folks are, are really intelligent, smart thinking card players. <laughs> and well, whenever I play an Asian opponent, <laughs> I usually lose. And it makes me try harder. So, Well, I'm not Chinese and I don't play this game, so I'm not sure what the special trait is. But <laughs> I don't know if it's a Chinese thing or Asian in general, but that's, that is interesting, isn't it? I know that yeah. I remember when you, when you did videotaping for that uh, Dota show that was done locally here. I think, yeah. I know at least one of the teams was all Asian. Was, was all, yeah, yeah, we did a story on a Chinese team and how they've, how they've given their life to gaming. All they do is play these games all day. It's like practicing. That's and that's their money maker. Yeah, that's how they. Because I mean, there's millions of dollars on the line. It's like it's another form of professional sports. Wild. But I will never be at that level. Uh, what I strive for is just to just to win, <laughs> win some matches and maybe win more than I lose. And uh, the other funny part of Gwent Norb that I think you could relate to because of your love of sports that I find is a slight psychological thing, at least I've made it that, is at the end of a Gwent game, you have a choice to click on a GG button. You know what GG means? Good game. Good game. So if you click on the GG button, 
you're basically saying good game to your opponent and you and by giving them a GG, they get five card crafting points. And as you build card crafting points, that's how you can make new cards. So you're encouraged to GG because the more you do it, you help you're helping others. And by giving a GG, you don't give and you don't lose anything in the process either, right? No. So it's kind of free free goodness that you're giving, right. free goodwill. Okay. But there is nothing more infuriating when I play an opponent and they they beat me and I send them a GG and they don't send me one. Oh. It's like I extended my hand to shake their hand at the end of the match when I lost. And instead of them shaking my hand, they put their hand behind their head and walk off. What does that mean if they do well, that? Well, to me, what it means is they're basically saying, I kicked your ass and you're not even worth giving a GG. And it's irritating. It's infuriating. And so I've adopted my own strategy is if I lose, I will not GG until I get one first. Because too many times I've GG'd when I've lost and I don't get one back and it just makes me mad. Because I'm already so, mad that I lost. So is it usually the people who win that don't GG you? What about when you win and the other person loses? Do, do the losers not GG you as well? No, plenty of losers have GG'd me right away. It just... It's, so it's more of the winners, like they're too good to GG you. Like, oh, yeah. you were so easy to beat. I'm not even giving you the credit yeah. of that because you were such a loser. Yeah, that's what it <laughs> what makes me saying. feel like. <clears throat> and it's... It's interesting to have that psychological side of it. It's not even the game itself. It's just, hmm. it's really that psychological part of shaking your opponent's hand after a match. And I figured you could relate to that because we go through that with sports. You know, it's like when you lose a, when you lose a volleyball match and you're mad. I mean, sometimes you're probably not thrilled about shaking hands with the other team, right? Rather just leave. Yeah. But you have to do it. It's, it's a sportsmanship right. thing. But yeah, I guess that's it. it's a sportsmanship deal. But how would you feel like if you <laughs> lost and that other, you reached your hand and that person on the other side psyched you and didn't shake? I mean, it just pissed you off. Yeah, it'd be pretty, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty annoying. Plus you got a team. So if something's sad, you have a bunch of, a whole bunch of people going, what's, what's his problem? One-on-one, yep. on one, I guess it's a different deal, but uh, interesting. It's a, it's the, yeah, the unspoken rules, the, Code of conduct that That's right. is, uh, between gamers. So I don't know, not having played it, not really understanding how it works. Does this have anything to do, anything to do with, with if you're a good poker player, you're going to be good at this? Like, are you a good poker player? Does I was a terrible poker plays? player. So was terrible poker, poker play player. has nothing to do with this. You don't have to try yeah. to bluff anybody. Yeah, sometimes there's not really bluffing in this game. You can sometimes throw a card out hoping that they'll... They'll think you're going to do a play and that, that they might play a card thinking you're going to do something and then you surprise them. So there's a little of that. I guess you could kind of call that a bluff. But it's, yeah, poker was, I never was good at, at poker. I just, I couldn't get into it. This game involves a lot of strategic thinking. It really comes down to what you get drawn in your hand and what you see them doing and really learning what all cards do. And Sometimes I will have a great game going and I'll, I'll play one card I shouldn't have and they'll capitalize on that card. And next thing you know, I'm losing. And, and then I'm just kicking myself going, you know, then it's just, it's more of a practice and learning from your mistakes. I have learned from a lot of mistakes. And sometimes someone's thrown a card at me that I'm thinking, dang, I didn't know about that card. And then I'll, I'll put that on my list of cards I would like to have myself. Mm. So, but the great thing about Gwent is a typical game is about 15 minutes. And so sometimes 
I'll log in and just play one game. And so I had 15 minutes of kind of a, sometimes I'll do it when I'm rendering a file or something. And it's just a way to pass the so time. This, and this fits the Twitch description then? I think that so. Shane describes since it can get yeah. it done in 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, unless, I, unless you're going for world champion of the, you know, champion of the world, <laughs> then you probably better be playing a lot. But so, so what would the world champion ranking be if, if one is worst, 15 is or 13 you said you're at? Yeah, it's, it's Where, tricky because the, the way they do it is I, I think it goes up to 60, but then when you hit 60, you get a special notch next to your 60 and you start over at one. But then it's one oh. with a, like a gold notch. I don't remember how oh. they do it. So there's okay. like, there's ranks within the ranks. It gets deep. Wow, that gets complicated. It's not as easy yeah. as just saying, I'm number one. I'm number 452. It's, it's I'm 1C. Yeah. I'm 5 yep. Delta or something. Huh. So you're 13. I'm a 13 long, rank. Long road to climb. Yeah. That's pretty I, good. Yeah, and I keep wondering when I might go to 14. But unfortunately, right now, I'm probably only winning about 40% of my matches. So I'm... Competition's tough. Uh, it is, and I I have to go back and try to figure out what am I doing wrong, or how can I change my deck to make it stronger. And it's tricky because there are so many different types of attacks you can have, and so you, I try to build decks that allow me to combat anything someone else is doing. But it comes down to sometimes how they draw. So there's I like that random element. It doesn't make a, a guaranteed win for anyone. So, right, right. It's always the, the luck of the draw of the cards. It's been a lot of fun. They just released a, a new expansion today called Master Mirror that they've introduced, I think, 70 new cards. So I'm excited to see what the new ones do and start to, to work with those. And So I want to talk about Gwent first, just, just in case people drop off <laughs> later in the video. At least they heard me talking about Gwent. <laughs> And if you want to see it in action, you can watch one of our other videos, watch Mike play a sample version of Gwent and, and see how a game actually plays out with him yep. being victorious. Have you only done the one or did you do a second? I did two. One of them I win, one of them I lose. Okay. So. All right. So you can see both sides of his frustration and victorious scale. There's definitely the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And a couple times I've had some awesome come from behind wins and I was thinking, God, I should have been recording this one. This would have been a great one to... <laughs> Put up there to to show how I how I came from behind, but just got to yeah. Hear. You never never know when that moment of greatness is going to come, and sometimes no. you're just not hitting record when it does. Yep. So what do you got? All right. Well, like I said earlier, I I, I don't have much of a, of a list here. These are pretty middle of the road games that a lot of people play, but uh, it is what it is. So I'll start with a game. I'm not really playing this that much. It's just one of the games I have played, and I plan to get more involved in it here in the next uh, few months, hopefully. And of course, that is the Madden NFL game. Okay. Most of you all know this. Uh, if, you, if you're any kind of an NFL sports fanatic. Uh, so known as John Madden Football until 1993. It's an American football video game series developed by EA Tiburon for EA Sports. It is named after Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and commentator John Madden and has sold more than 130 million copies. It also currently is the only officially licensed NFL video game and has influenced many players and coaches of the physical sport. Among the game's features are detailed playbooks and player statistics and voice commentary in the style of a real NFL television broadcast as of 
Oh, this is dated, man. This is 2013. The franchise has generated over $4 billion in sales. Okay, I need to check my facts. Okay, so seven years ago, this had made $4 billion in sales. So needless to say, I'm sure it's a lot higher now. Um, but uh, NFL, I've, I've, I've kind of just had some brushes with this. I've never really gone all the way in, so I can't really say I even know this game that well. I think the last time I played it was when it was 2017. Um, but I, I do want to jump into it and get the latest... Uh, version of it, but I'm a big Seahawks fan, as most people know, and so I've been playing different football sports games since the 80s, and it's what it really is amazing is how good this game has become in terms of the just the just the action simulation. They've done such a good job of creating the movements and the camera switching that it's it, every year it just seems to get a little closer to where you feel like you watch about five seconds and you're not sure if you're watching a video game or watching a real football broadcast. It's that good from the sound and, and uh, the movements and, and everything like that. So, um, and there's more aspects to it where you can uh, do leagues and do drafts. And I've never even done that level, which is something I do want to get into, especially in this unknown season that we're going into where we might not even have a football season. This might be my football season is simulating one in NFL Madden. Uh, so uh, the little bits I've played Sometimes half the time I feel like I don't know if I'm controlling the guy or not. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm controlling a guy, and I don't know if it's the computer making the tackle or me, but I, I love playing it, and uh, the few times I have, but I'm excited to, to jump more into this. And I, I think the funniest thing about this is that it's named, named after John Madden, but I don't think Madden's voice has been on this thing in years. I don't remember That's the last point. time he actually had his voice. He's not even anything to do with this game except the name on the cover. It's just become... I mean, talk about a branding genius. John Madden is making money, I'm sure, for the use of his name and likeness and everything and gets a piece of it. But he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to come and do more voiceover because he's not at all involved in, not even his picture. It's just his name. What a great yeah, deal Yeah, they for should him. call it Wilson 2020. <laughs> well, and there's a whole thing about the, the, the they already have a, uh, a the, the the jinx, the, the Madden jinx uh a rumor that's out there that once you get on the cover of Madden, your career goes downhill. And you know, there have been a couple of times when eh, there have been some times when they've had a player on there and something bad happened to him the next year. Um, so sometimes they made that tie in. I mean, uh, I mean, look at Richard Sherman. He was on the cover uh, back in 2014. And then we had Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 49. And then he, tears his Achilles and goes to the 49ers. So I don't know if you consider that a jinx or not. Uh, but Tom Brady was on there. Rob Gronkowski was on there. And those guys are doing just fine. So uh, still playing, in fact, this year, reuniting at Tampa Bay. So um, so there's just a, a lot of fun side things to the whole thing. But I, I'm excited to get into this. Obviously, I just love football. And the few times I've played it, it's been, it's been a blast. And it, it looks looks amazing. Every year, it's just some little bits of, of, of improvements on it. But... Um, so I, it's a game I haven't played in a while, but I am definitely ready to pick it back up. And I think the next version of 2021, I think, comes out in August. So it's just around the corner. So uh, can't wait till that comes out. Hopefully I'll you know, be able to being a, sit down and play it. Being a gamer, I, I respect all games. And I have wanted to really try to get into a sports game because it's the one... I've tried <clears> some <throat> tennis. I tried basketball and I've tried the football. And the hard thing about... Madden for me is when I start playing it, I realize it's very complicated. 
there are all kinds of button combinations you have to learn to how to how, and and I I just think to myself I can't just pick this up and play a football game this if I want to be good at this <laughs> it's an investment right <laughs> a big time commitment and I I haven't been able to do that I mean how are you at this point in that do you feel like no I'm not I I feel like I'm far from that I'm I'm elementary school level <laughs> as far as experience I know how to. I can run plays, but I, as far as being good where you can do things and kind of know exactly how to make a guy do a certain move, yeah. that's not second nature. And and that, I think that's the worst thing about when you have to learn a game and why I think it's hard for me to just pick up a game is because you got to get past the, okay, I'm going to learn how to play curve. this. And you want to just enjoy the game and just start doing it. And you and and, and we'll probably talk about it in a little bit. Uh, but when it, about this other game that you and I started doing, um, mm-hmm. That when you first start, like any activity or game or software that you're using, there's that learning curve. And once you have to go past the learning curve to where you're not just know how to do the buttons, but you actually can do it without looking and thinking. And you're just like reflex. It's just like breathing. You just go, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And that just comes with experience, with time, practice. And then you just are, you know, you try to get as good as you can once you're past the controls point, but during that frustrating, I don't know what stage that would be in the learning, but from zero to that first 30%, 50% of just trying to know what to do. It yeah, takes it's a not while. sports talk football. Yeah, I mean, well, even not, I can, I can play yeah. sports talk football. It's like pick a play, just hit the button yeah. to pass. And, and, and yeah. And even there, there's techniques that you got to know. I like, you hold the button down or just tap it, you know, yeah, little things little that give you the edge. And, uh, but yeah, the more complicated the games, the more difficult the, the entry into being good at them are. And I think that's why it's always the turnoff part with starting a new game is knowing that, Oh man, this looks like a lot of fun, but I'm going to spend weeks getting to a point where I can be good and enjoy myself as opposed to struggling on just trying to remember what controls do what and learning how the game works. I think that's the big challenge. These games are so complicated and there's so many levels to the world of, uh, of, of what you can do that it takes that much longer to figure it out. It's not like Pong. Oh, move left and right. Got it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so much more in depth. So that's the challenge I see. Why it's, why it's hard for me to get into all these different games because it's a big upfront investment. But, but this is one I've dabbled enough with it. And I, I love the, the sport too much that I, I've got to get good enough that I can actually have some competitive matches with at least mid-level players and have a good time. You know, I just don't want to go out there and get my butt kicked, you know. So that's well, that's my goal anyway with my next I, round. My advice to you there is I think you should expect to get your butt kicked, but but you'll learn from it. Because <sighs> Gwent was similar. Gwent has a high learning curve. I should have said that earlier. You can't just start playing. You, you start playing Gwent, but you realize really quickly there's a lot of cards that do things you don't understand. And, and I had to work through that. And, and it was frustrating. At times I'd get cards played and it says, this card has harmony. And I think, what the heck is harmony? And I'm reading it. It says, harmony is when some you play a card of like value but different class. I'm thinking, what the heck? Damn, now I, I get it. I have no it. idea what that means. <laughs> now I get it. But at the time, though, I'm reading that trying to understand. In the meantime, my timer's running down and I got to play a card. And it was hard. It is yeah, hard. Tough. The few yeah. friends I got to play Gwent, most of them have fallen by the wayside because they couldn't get through the learning curve. Mm. I just, I, I could just, I could hear it in their voice. They were too frustrated. And, yeah. and I think playing Madden, I know if I tried to play it, it's one thing to play the computer, but you really want to play other people. And that's the kind of game that the fun is, I think, playing someone else and, yeah. and uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I would say to you is just be okay with getting your butt kicked a little bit, but just know you'll learn from it. Oh, yeah. No, I would, I would expect it, but, uh, yeah, I, I want to get to the point where I can actually have fun and it, it can be competitive. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. I don't have to dominate. Yeah. I don't need to win some championship, but I'd be not, it'd be fun just to know I can play. I can hang with typical players and have a good time going back yeah. and forth. Nobody wants to watch a 43 to eight blowout unless you're the one doing the blowing out. Well, I would love <laughs> to see you get to that point because then it's, that's the kind of game it's fun to watch someone play. Yeah. I mean, like I could, I could be a spectator and watch you play a game against someone. Yeah. And, and I would enjoy that because if you're good, even if you lose, if you know what you're doing, it's just fun to watch someone yeah. do something <clears throat> that, that you don't understand, but they clearly know what they're doing. I think any, whether it's a sport of any kind or a game, uh, just like with volleyball, you know, it's uh, for me, I've been playing it for a long time. I'm not great. I'm just pretty good. Um, a lot of players better than me, but I'm better than a lot of players out there. But I like to be able to know I can go out there and I can, I know what I'm doing. I know what to do yeah. in certain situations. It's a matter of just executing your best of your ability. And when you get to that point, you kind of know, well, this is as good as I am. So I just want to play as good as I can play. And I know I'll miss one. I'll make a mistake. I'll go, oh, I should have done left and should have right and all that kind of stuff. But that's where it's fun. That's where you're just playing the game and you're just hoping you can beat somebody on that day. But if you're still trying to remember now, do I push this button? To, oh, crap. I forgot. I was supposed to be this button. You know, that's where it's still aggravating because yeah. you don't even know how to walk and move and 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 shoot and, and do all those things without having to think about what button's doing what. So that's it's anytime you can get to any level of that where you can just do it, play it, and just have yeah. fun competing. That's 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 a great time. So we'll see. You know, technically, when I look technically at those sports games, like whether it's football or basketball or soccer, what I'm always studying is when they're running or switching positions, like going juking to the left or right, I'm always watching their feet because in video games, their feet, sometimes their feet will slide. And that takes me out of the the realism when I see them running, but their feet aren't firmly planting. Oh, oh, you're the, the realism, the realism of the graphics, right? especially in basketball. Like, watch a basketball video game. Just watch some video of it, and watch the guys. And in, in when you play basketball, you do a lot of switching directions, a lot of very complicated moves with your arms and legs. And the basketball players in these video games watch their feet and see how well their feet stay planted when they're moving around. And usually, those they still are sliding a little bit. So I'm always, yeah. that's my gauge. When are they going to hit the point where the feet always are planted when they're running or moving or dodging or even, or even tackling. Sometimes when, when you see a tackle in a football game, it's like there's this weird unrealistic way the body kind of slides a little bit when it hits the ground. Yeah. So yeah, as much as, as good as the movement has gotten, it's, there's still little giveaways where you can tell that something's not quite smooth. It's a, there, there's the transition between the run to this move, and it just isn't quite natural why you can, your brain tells you this is not the real thing. Maybe someday they'll get to that point where you just cannot discern the difference, and that would be pretty awesome. But yeah, it's, uh, sure, there's, sure there's those little, those little giveaways. But when you consider how good it is now, it's, it is fun to watch because you can watch it and just appreciate what's happening because it looks like a real game. So it's, it's pretty amazing. I would have loved to be able to go back in time and show myself 40 years ago. Hey, want to see a sneak peek at what video games are going to look like 40 years from no, now? Yeah. Old guy. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait 30 years for that. That's too good. No more. It's beginning so, to snow. 
<laughs> yeah, and that was only you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. But how far it's come. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I would like to watch you play men sometime. So keep keep at it. Then well, my goal is, because I did, I did one against the computer. I simulated Super Bowl 51 when it was the Patriots against the, uh, the mm. Atlanta Falcons. And I was playing the Falcons because, of course, I needed to beat the Patriots. And in my simulated game, I only had one play that was working. It was um, passing to Julio Jones, the same play over and over again. And finally, I went to the well too many times and threw it to him and got intercepted and lost the game to the Patriots. On the, it was the computer at the time. Uh. So, and, and in the end, the Patriots did end up winning that Super Bowl, not in the same fashion that I did, but uh, they, they did win. So that was kind of the last, that was my first attempt to do something like a, an, an online uh, playing. But I want to get to a point where I can actually do it on my channel play some players live and have it be the video and it'd be entertaining enough that people would actually want to watch it because it's actually good. So that's, that's the ultimate goal. So I'm, keep you informed. I'm down. I'm, you got a fan, man. I, I'd like right. to, I'd like to watch you too. I think it'd be, be fun, fun I mean, for me. I'm pretty fun watching just Seahawks play. If I could watch my, you know, be on camera playing the yeah. Seahawks and being in control of the game. I'm sure the emotions will be quite uh, extreme. So, Well, you know, the fact that this fall's football season is in jeopardy and it seems to be that all fingers are pointing to no season, maybe this would be something, maybe this could help you focus to think that, well, if there's that's, no season, yeah, then then I can have a season. That's kind, of season. What I'm, that's kind of what I'm preparing for is that this could be yeah. the pseudo replacement season if we can't do a real one, if, if, uh, nothing, if things don't improve enough for the games to go on. So this would be the I next like best it. thing for me. So... Yeah, I will, we shall find out, but I'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up and, and, and uh, jump into it uh, once the 2020 version comes out. So the next so, game on my list, I, I have a feeling you're going to mention it, so I'm going to skip it and go to something else. <laughs> so okay. a, another game on my list is uh, from tw 2011. It's called The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which is, for uh, many years, I said the best RPG, which RPG stands for role-playing game, the best RPG ever made. Uh, it's it's an action RPG playable from a first to third person perspective. You can freely roam over the land of Skyrim, which is an open world environment. It's got wilderness, dungeons, caves, cities, towns, fortresses, people. Uh, you can ride horses. You can catch rides. Eventually you can do other things that I will not mention to get around. <laughs> uh, which just in case someone wants to play and not, not know what happens. I'm trying to be a little, you know, be mindful of that. Um, the world is populated by NPCs. Norb, do you know what NPC stands for? I think I do. Is it basically the robot-controlled regular people, civilians out there? That's right. Just yeah, I forgot, you know the, what I forgot the acronym though, because that's I know that's what that movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds is about. That's right. But I forgot Free the guy. name of the. I forgot what that means. Means non-player character. Non-player character. Okay, I, yeah. I, I totally forgot. Yeah. Well, yes. know. NPC. Uh, so Skyrim was released on a kind of a cool day. It was released on eleven eleven eleven. November 11th, 2011, which is in itself cool. something that I think they made a good decision there because I will never forget that 11-11-11 was the day that Skyrim came out and I picked it up for my PlayStation 3. I had some friends over that night and we played and I remember one of the first thing my friend says, why the hell did you buy this game for the PlayStation 3 and not for the PC? And I said, I don't know. 
I think I was just in a console gaming frame of mind. And what I did not realize is that was probably the stupidest, worst mistake I ever made was to get the PlayStation 3 version of Skyrim. Because what happened was, is after the game had been out about a month, on all the forums, people were talking about that the PlayStation 3 version of Skyrim was the worst version of the game. And it was developing a bug where the further you got in the game, the bigger your save file got, the more corrupt it got. And eventually it would take, it could take 15 minutes to load your save. Oh my gosh. And when you leave a room and go into a room, it would take five to 10 minutes to even just load an area. And I was reading about it and they were saying that when your save file hits this size, you're probably going to start to notice a slowdown. And I kept thinking, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Well, it happened to me. So how, after how putting far? 40, 50 hours in the game, I wow. I gave it up and got the PC version because it was, start it was over. It was sucked. And and you know, what really sucked is they, they couldn't fix it. Yeah, and, usually they get a patch and stuff for that kind of thing. And you know, politically, when things like this happen, it's like again, gaming companies can be just as bad as anyone. They won't publicly admit there's a problem. They 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 don't want to do it because if they admit it. Then they're afraid everyone's going to want a refund or they're going to get sued. Mm. And so they're very careful politically about what they say is wrong. <laughs> and so mm. it sucked, you know, and I, Bethesda's a great company. I mean, the, again, Skyrim is, is one of the greatest RPGs ever made, but I was very unhappy with the PlayStation 3 port. There's nothing to do for the game itself. It was just the port. So I switched over to the PC and everything was great. And then I played the game, I, you know, through the end of the main quest. And there's still plenty of quests I didn't get to, but I put a ton of time into that game. And the great thing about an RPG, it's just, it's kind of your own experience. They, they, and it still blows my mind, Norb, about how they make these tons of quests. And every quest has characters you talk to, which means they had an actor come in and voice those lines. And someone wrote the dialogue. And we're talking thousands of quests. And, you know, you and I talk about, we'll bring someone in the booth and record them for 30 minutes, you know, for a two-minute video. I mean, imagine if you had to record hundreds of actors playing multiple characters where they change yeah. their voice and accent to try to be different characters. I mean, the, imagine the, the pages of dialogue to get through. Yeah, now it blows my mind in some of the games I have played, just how random little things that just have to pop up at some point in a very non-even spotlight kind of way. It's just a side comment when you walk by somebody. Somebody had to think of what they were going to say and record that. And yeah, the, the, the organizational script that has to be put together for that must just be bizarre and overwhelming to think of how you track all that to make sure you have every little line of dialogue and grunts and groans and moans and screams and all that, how that all gets figured in and in the library that triggers it all. It's uh, fascinating in, in games like that, but it's pretty cool. Yep. Skyrim for, for many years after 2011 was my, I said the best RPG ever made, but it was beaten out by something else just ever so slightly, which I will save for the next topic once you've talked about something. So, okay. All right. Well, okay. I wonder. You said you were saving it. I don't. I, I don't know what you what you skipped to talk about. But I'm going to go with my next game and this, and I'll find out if this is the one you were talking about. But this is one of the games that uh, we 
I don't play it often, but I always play it one concentrated time of the year. Is this the game that you're talking about, Mike? No, no, it's it's the other game that we played together. Oh, okay, all right, we'll get that later then. Yeah. Okay, so I'm talking about the game Halo. Halo is old classic oh, I, now. It's been a long well, time. I've played Halo, sure. Yeah, you played it too, but uh, and a lot of people out there. But it's, I think it's considered sort of an older game now. Well, but, Halo is from the 90s, so... Yeah, but I mean, I'm, we're still playing it. <laughs> I'm still playing it. Okay, so you're right. We're still playing it. Yep, you're right. So, and we said the title of the show is Games We're Playing, and so Good I'm still point. playing it. So, Halo, a very brief synopsis. Halo is an American military science fiction media franchise centered on a series of video games managed and developed by 343 Industries, a division of Xbox Game Studios. Halo was originally created and developed by Bungie. The original trilogy centered on an interstellar war between humanity and an alliance of aliens known as the Covenant. And since then, it, it... I can't remember how many games, how many Halos there were since then. There's one, two, and... We've gotten to like seven? Mike, you're the expert on how many Halos that we've had now. But we, uh, the, Halo, the next Halo would be Halo 6. 6, okay. so Yeah, that's coming one. out next year, I think. Or it might be launched with the new Xbox this December. So All right. All I know is that we play the um, the collection. What's the, what's the version that we play The Master right Chief Collection. Master Chief Collection. And so I think this is a rare game where for pretty much... 361 days out of the year, I don't touch this game. <laughs> but for four days out of a year, in that one time a year, around April, uh, I get together with Mike, Dino, Jim, Wayne, Rob, and hopefully Dino again, uh, for our once-a-year guys trip. It's the reuniting of all the roommates that we used to live together back up in our house in the university district area and we do our one weekend it's extended weekends like four days but we get together hang out so we can just be dudes for a little while like bachelors all over again we run we rent a house and we bring our xboxes and tvs up and we create a, a huge networked station of xboxes and we play halo pretty much the entire weekend and so this is the one game that Outside of those four days, I really don't touch it. It just sits on the shelf collecting dust. But for those four days, I get to re- re- relearn the game and go, what is this? How do you do this button again? And get reacclimated. And we spend a good four days straight killing each other in just one-on-one or just in a group death match. All well, and to be specific, there's two parts of the game. There's the campaign and there's multiplayer. And we just yes. play the multiplayer. We don't play the campaign. No, we don't nah. do it. And there's multiple versions of games you can play in a multiplayer, we only play one, and that's standard deathmatch where you don't team up, we don't capture any flags. No radar. <laughs> no radars, no last men standing. It's just one person, First you're one, one to guy, and you kill everybody else and try to get to 25 kills before everybody else does. And we have been doing this trip and this ritual for, man, since like the mid-2000s, right? So we're going on like 15 years of yeah. consistently doing this yeah. trip. And... I, hopefully, we'll keep doing it for another 15 until none of us are around anymore, well, I guess. Well, historically, <laughs> Halo has a special place in history because Halo really created the local multiplayer party where you would yeah. get together with friends and, and connect your Xboxes and play in the same room. That was a new concept, and it really was done by Halo, and we did it. I mean, yeah, we, we started, we, we were part we of that history. doing multiplayer. Yes, right. We were doing multiplayer stuff. We talked about this in an earlier uh, show, talking about games from the 90s. 
and we we were we had discussed how we started doing network gaming and and yeah. games like Doom and Quake, and so we were we were doing multiplayer. But to do one where we returned to the console and we're multiplayer on a console, that definitely was an, an Xbox first. Uh, and it first started out where we were just playing it all four people on one screen, so we had to share. A TV and split up into four quadrants and each person had a quadrant and that's how you played the game until it got to a point where you could actually link up Xboxes and that's just how we do it now where we have one player, one box, sometimes two players share, but we all have our own screens and so it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun. A lot of trash talking uh, into late into the night and uh, it it's it's the source of tremendous joy uh, for all of us as we yeah. look forward to every year for our little getaway. Our, our Halo trash talk, Halo game, while, while Mac doesn't play, our buddy Mac, he doesn't play the game. He just, he, he records and transcribes all the great trash talk sayings that we have during the courses of these games. And then he puts it all into in a nice little compilation known as the Sample Bible. And we uh, have, have just multiple editions of sample Bibles with these great trash-talking lines that bring great yep. joy years later when we read them. So uh, it's a little sneak peek into our crazy little world, but for four days a year, uh, we bust out the Xbox Ones and the Halos and, uh, and, and go to town. And that's kind of been it. I guess until the next game system or Halo version comes out that knocks this one off, this has kind of been the go-to for a while. And who knows yeah, when that change know. will it's- go. What's interesting is we play the Master Chief Collection, which is really, we play levels from Halo 1, 2, and 3. But Halo favorites. 4 and 5, we've tried to play some of those, but we, we always go back to our favorites. And so the new Halo, it's always, I think, well, maybe there'll be, I don't some know. Cool it's just map, yeah. funny how we, we just like, it's like Warrior Stadium. We just, <laughs> yep. we got Blood Gulch. There's just nothing better. Yep, it's just something we just played so many times on those worlds, and we just know it so well that it's it's just it's just fun, and that's and that's the whole thing. Now we're at the level where yeah. we're all as good as we're going to be because none of us practice or anything. So <laughs> we we don't have to think about what buttons we're playing, but there's definitely yeah. a hierarchy as to who the best players are and who's cannon fodder, <laughs> and, and there's you know like you me. I mean, Jim's pretty much the best guy, consistently probably wins the most. You and I and him tend to sort of switch around. We take turns. Someone will, and, someone will get, you yeah. know, lucky and it'll shift around there. And then there's everybody else. <laughs> and they kind but of The funny thing is everybody position. else is perfectly happy being fodder. They, <laughs> they find they joy exactly. in, in being moving <laughs> targets. Yep. And, Their joy and, is is taking someone out because they got taken out by someone going after them. It's like it's like an assist. They're happy with an assist. They're happy yep. to cause someone else a mess up. And there's <laughs> no such thing as a cheap kill. Even if somebody's got their back turned, they had no idea that you just appeared behind them and you come in there and shoot them in the back of the head and not even get to put up a fight, it doesn't matter. They're <laughs> perfectly happy with the cheapest kills as well as the coolest kills. The coolest kills are the ones you get to brag about, though, and talk about and, and whoop yeah. and... And and get in someone's face about how you know, how cool it was that you shot them out of the sky in some kind of vehicle and what a great shot that was. So, I wish some of those could be cataloged as like just those moments could be a replay that we could save as a little video file and play back just to live in the glory of that moment, like you know winning and Wario Stadium at the last second or something. In a perfect world, we have a record of the game and have a record of the. 
talking in the room so we could have the best of not just the, yeah. what happened, but how we all reacted to it. That would be in a perfect world, a, a great way to document it. But for now, there's Mac and his paper. Or his which is good. Phone, which good. works just as good. Yep. <laughs> Almost as good. We just can't see the game. But yes, so hope, we'll see if that changes. But for now, that's, that is our go-to little annual ritual in the form of Microsoft Xbox Halo. So I figured since I was talking about one RPG and I was talking about one that surpassed it, I should just go ahead and discuss the one that really surpassed Skyrim as just a, an a incredible RPG experience. And that was called The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt that came out in 2015. And it's another action role-playing game with a, your third-person perspective. So that means you see your, your character down in the lower part of the screen and you control them and go around. So it's not first-person is where you just... You don't see any character. You are the character. You just see your hands or the gun. So you control Geralt of Rivia, who is a monster slayer known as a witcher. So witchers are monster slayers, and they slay monsters for money. Geralt does all the typical moves. Uh, he has a variety of weapons, bombs, crossbow. He has two swords, one steel and one silver. The steel sword is primarily used for humans, while the silver sword is for creatures and monsters. And The Witcher 3 surpassed Skyrim for me because it it just had more interesting stories and, and a really detailed world that was beautiful to live in. And I was captivated by how well it was crafted. And probably the biggest thing was there was no load times. If you went into a cave, you just walked into the cave. Wow. And in Skyrim, when you had to go to a cave, there was always that load. You go to the cave yeah. and say, do you want to enter the cave? Yes. And you wait. And it's amazing how you could just go in the cave. And to me, that was huge. It was huge. It was just, it, it made the world feel even more real. But the amount of stories they came up with. And then Gwent was a game within the game. You played Gwent in The Witcher. And you obviously didn't play against real people. You played against artificial opponents. But you won cards and you tried to get better at Gwent. It was a game within the game, which was fun. Uh... Geralt, you know, this was a mature game. So Geralt could have romantic relationships with female characters. And I have a little story about that. To this day, I feel slightly like I was treated unfairly. But uh, as Geralt, um, there's a woman named Yennefer who clearly we have a thing. And so I met up with Yennefer a few times during the game. And of course, we... We had some romantic time together. And then there's another female character named Triss, who is a mage. She has magic spells. And Triss and Geralt have also had a thing. So I would hook up with Triss as well. And at times, you know, when I meet up with Triss, they would come to a point where we could have a romantic evening and I would have to make a decision on if I want to have that romantic evening or kind of just say, we're friends, take care. Well, I thought to myself at that point, when I had to make that decision, because I'd already been with Yennefer, and I thought, okay, Yennefer and I never discussed, I'm, I'm really, I have my Dino hat on. We never discussed a commitment, okay? There was no discussion. I'm this guy. I have a lot of lonely nights. I wander this huge world alone at night. It's great to have the companion of a female. And okay, again, I got to ask you a quick question. Sure. Quick question. So this Tris and... Yeah, Yennefer, right? Yeah. These are computer characters, right? This, they are characters like, in the game, not real people. Okay, they're not like outside play. Okay, all right, no. continue. But they're important characters in the story. They're definitely okay. 
a part of the story. Understand the so, okay. so I made a decision to spend a romantic evening with Tris as well. And I thought, why not? I'm not, I have not done anything wrong here. There was no commitment. Again, my Dean inner Dino saying, <laughs> did we discuss anything? No. Therefore, I, I should feel no guilt about this. So I thought, you know, I'm, I mean, most, you know, 99% of my evenings are alone as the Witcher. I'm traveling the world, slaying monsters, helping people, doing good things. So towards the latter part of the game, I got a, a message from Triss to meet her. So I went to meet her and Yennefer was there too. And they both said, we want you to come upstairs. And they both told me that they... They, they both have a thing for me and they understand and they want to have a thing together. Ooh. And, and I had to make I a decision. Kind of a Do I want to have that thing together with the two of them together? And I thought, yeah, why yes, not? Yes, yes, I mean, yes, 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 yes. Clearly, they, <laughs> clearly <laughs> they're okay with, with it. So I made that decision and then they tied me to the bed and told me I was a loser cheating on both of them and not telling one about the other. And they left me tied up in the room and they basically said, we're done with you. There's no more relationship with either of us. And it's like they high-fived each other as they went out the door. And I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe this. I mean, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And now I am punished. And the punishment of my decision in this role-playing game is that I now no longer these women will ever want to see me anymore. And so I was basically <laughs> left to wander the planet alone like the Incredible Hulk. That sucks. Wow. For the rest of my days. And I just... So what looked like was going to be the best night of your character's life turned out to be the worst night of his life and the start of just being alone after that point. Well, and again, Man. I could have said, no thanks, this isn't a good idea. And and who knows, that might have saved maybe me. Could and maybe still hung out with one of them. Have hung out with them later, but I, I clearly was punished for my decision. And you know that's a good role playing game where you you make decisions and you live with the consequences. Now I don't agree with the consequences. I still will raise my Dino hat and say I did nothing wrong. There was no <laughs> commitment discussed with anybody here, but yet I was I was ridiculed and I lost out. So. Uh, but that's, that's just one of many stories. So do you have Brett? Do you have Brett playing that game? What did he do? I do not have Brett playing that game. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Learning the ways nope. of uh, women early no, on. No, that uh, one. Yeah, yeah kind of yeah, not quite there yet. <laughs> no, uh, that's I let him play Skyrim. Skyrim is definitely a PG thirteen, but The Witcher is rated M for mature, and uh, you have to be a little bit older to experience that one. But I, I figured I would share that story and. So the nights that you said you had these romantic interludes with these women, so did you actually see something? Or is it like the light turns off and it fades out and you wake up the next morning? Or is there more to it than that? Uh, you see, you, yeah, you see things. It's like a, a rated uh, R movie. How do you get this? How do you get this game again? <laughs> you ready to sign up? Uh, well, and there's other, there's other female companions you meet and can, can have relationships with and, and you make decisions... A lot of it is, as you get to know these women, obviously, if there's a spark, you have to, you get asked a lot of questions. And if you say the wrong thing, it can end right there. 
And so if you're trying to to get further along with the romance, oh. you have to you have to you have to think you about your answers. Got to play your cards right, which is is great. I mean, I I'll admit, a few times I said the wrong thing, and so I went back to a previous save, <laughs> and I changed my answer. <laughs> oh, if only life were like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oops. Oh, did I did I say the wrong thing? Make the wrong move. Let me just rewind. Oh. Now I know what to do. That's the one nice thing about an RPG is you just save often and you can always revert to a previous save in case you aren't happy with how things I've always, I've always, there have been times in my life where I wish life had an undo button. I agree. Uh, That would be a good title for a movie, Undo. And it's like every time you do something stupid, you just hit the control Z button and back up. uh, And like, oh, that was dumb. Uh, Probably shouldn't have done that. Click. Let's just redo that moment for a second. That would be great if life had that. We'd be living in the rearview mirror all the time and fixing all of our bad things. But unfortunately, so, life doesn't have an autosave or an undo. The success but. of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt turned into a series on Netflix called The Witcher Tales, starring, uh, what's his name, Superman as uh, Geralt. And it's it's really supposed oh, to be a Witcher new Game show. of Thrones-like uh, series. I tried to watch a couple, and I wasn't quite grabbing me and. One of my friends watched it and he said it got better, but I was going to ask you, Norb, maybe you give it a shot. I mean, I, I know you said you're looking for something to watch. It's on Netflix, Witcher? but The Witcher, it's, uh, well, who was the guy who played Superman? Uh, what's his name? The last Superman. I f- yeah, I forgot his name. Uh, he plays Geralt, but there's Yennefer, Geralt, there's Siri, Triss, all the characters in the game, but it's really supposed to be the next Game of Thrones hmm. Uh but they are making a season two, so it it did get renewed. But I don't know. So if you're, yeah, uh, you know, give it a try. Let a me know. It's not very often that a video game spawns a successful TV show or movie franchise. Well, you have to remember the the video game is based on a series of books. Oh, okay, so it's so, okay. So it went book to game, game to, to show. Series. Yeah. Right? So it's, <clears throat> well. It's not the show based on the game. It's really the show based on the book that the game was based on as well. All right. So. All right. So. Well, I might have to take a peek and just see what it has to offer. Oh, yeah. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. I feel I'm getting ahead because I just have so few games to the list like you do. But, I mean, this is my this is my top of my list. And by far... Well, I know I what this one is. I think I've talked about this before, but... I. I don't know, it's going to take something incredible to top this as my favorite game of all time. And that would be Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V is a 2013 action-adventure game developed by Rockstar North and published by Rockstar Games. It is the first main entry in the Grand Theft Auto series since 2008's Grand Theft Auto IV, set within the fictional state of San Andreas based on Southern California. The single-player story follows three criminals and their efforts to commit heists while under pressure from a government agency and powerful crime figures. The open-world design lets... Players freely roam San Andreas, open countryside, and the fictional city of Los Santos based on Los Angeles. The game is played from either a third-person or first-person perspective, and its world is navigated on foot or by vehicle. And Players control the three lead protagonists throughout single-player and switch among them, both during during and outside missions. The story is centered on the heist sequences and many missions involving shooting and driving gameplay. A wanted system governs the aggression of law enforcement response to players who commit crimes. Grand Theft Auto Online... The game's online multiplayer mode lets up to 30 players engage in a variety of different cooperative and competitive game modes. 
I got into this game kind of late. It came out in 2013. I didn't start playing it till you and some of your friends were already playing it. And it was when we were preparing to do my our Norbcam uh, Rivals video that takes place in the GTA 5 world. And that was my introduction to it. I felt I needed to learn the game so I could prepare properly to do this production. And in, the, in so doing, I got totally hooked. And I've been really hooked ever since. And it's been my kind of go-to game uh, since that point. That was six years ago. And it's, they still, they've been talking about a new version coming out soon because before that was 2008, so it took them about five years. It's been six, almost seven years since this one came out and still no official word of a, of a, of a sequel to this. I can't wait when it does. But, uh, man, this game, uh, I had not played a sandbox game and you're the one who introduced me to the topic to the idea of a sandbox where basically you can just go where you want you don't have to follow the rules of the mission that says you must accomplish this or get to this checkpoint you have options to do that but you can also just drive around walk around and just start messing with your world and you mentioned the idea this is the perfect game of a combination you can do the long-term commitment to trying to get to the end or build things up or you can do like what you said the twitch experience which is I'm just in a mood right now where I want to, for 15 minutes, shoot a bunch of innocent bystanders and run people over with a car. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And that's what I love about this game. It's just so much, depending on your mindset, you can just go into a game and do totally different things with your character. Um, You obviously have an arsenal of vehicles, an arsenal of weapons to choose from. And depending on how nice you want to be and how bad you want to be, you can just have as much fun and there's games within the game that don't even have anything to do with what sounds like the game was entirely made of a lot of times it's driving shooting eluding cops that's a big part of the experience but there's just other things you can do that have nothing to do with that for example i went to a tennis court and challenged an online guy to a game of tennis i'd never played it before but i quickly picked up the controls and figured it out and for a game within a game, the controls are pretty good. It's like, yeah, wow, I can change yeah, my serves. I can you know, back, uh, backhand, put some spin on it. And the best part was this guy was kind of beating me in the beginning. And I thought, oh, man, I'm going to get mopped because I've never played this before. And then I kind of figured things out. And I started beating the guy. And so I came from behind to win the match. But by the time it got to the final set where... It was pretty much over. The best part, the guy had gone into give-up mode, and instead of actually trying to play, I would just serve the ball, and he would just either just sit there and let it go by, or he would, like, run around <laughs> not trying to hit it. That was the best. Because I've played <laughs> games where I've had, like, my friend Jim going to give-up mode where they just stop trying. It's better to stop trying than to keep losing while trying. And to watch a guy online where I can't see what he's saying, I can't see his face, but I know exactly what he's doing on the other line as I'm beating him at this game that he thought he had me in the bag. So that was probably one of the best things. And you it was know how I talk about a GG at the end of Gwent? Yeah. I was expecting that at this tennis game, as you reach your hand to shake his hand, he shoots you in the <laughs> oh, head. <there> no GG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that was the only thing that make it fun is if in the middle of the game I could pull out an a, a M16 and start blowing <laughs> the guy away. But yeah. you can't do that. You actually have to finish the game and then you can go shoot the guy. <laughs> but, uh, but that was probably one of the funnest, most non-GTA moments in the game was beating that guy in tennis and watching him give up. That was so awesome. But... Um, this, it's just so much fun. And really, this game kind of came and ha- found a new life in just the last, since the quarantine began. Because prior to that, I was always playing either 
uh, campaign mode or just running around against the computer. But I didn't really jump into the online side, which I talked about how they did Grand Theft Auto Online only a few years ago. I knew about it, but just never jumped in. Finally, I just decided to do it since we were in the quarantine side. And then I discovered a whole new world of playing yeah. with other people. And it was different because now you're not really doing missions, but you're doing more things competing with other people online. And there were some great things about it. And there's some things I really hate about it. And what I do hate about it is that there are some people in this world, obviously the, a lot of people have stuff that's souped up much better weapons. So you don't have a chance sometimes, but somehow there are some people who have flying DeLoreans with rocket launching capabilities. Mm. And these guys just fly around and can go anywhere. And I don't know how you could even take them down. Maybe there's some way, but I've seen a bunch of these guys and it just makes the game sometimes just no fun because that sucks. You can just try to run and drive somewhere and it's all of a sudden you're just blown up and you had no chance to defend yourself, to fight back unless you have a DeLorean of your own. And I don't know how to get one of these things. <laughs> so, um, it's kind of just, you know, any kind of game where someone dominates too easily and it's not even a, a close competition is not a lot of fun. So there have been some nights where I don't even want to play that mode because it's just not even fun. It's not a fair fight at all. So there's some negatives to being in the online mode of things. But still, hands down, funnest game I've ever played. Uh, I'm so glad I finally discovered it um, when I did because it's been... Uh, it's been a blast. I, I, I still to this day don't get tired of it. I've never even finished it. I've never gotten to the end of either the single single campaign or, and I'm just starting the online version. So well, I feel I, like I'm I got still the biggest kick the out of that video you posted of parking that bus at the top of that overpass and just watching <laughs> people just drive off, like just funneling everybody off, cops <laughs> and people just. That was that was hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, and, and you're talking about the NPCs. Yeah. This world has so many NPCs because you have you have cars, you have pedestrians, you have police officers, you've got uh, EMTs, fire department, firemen, and they all have different motivations. But in, in that sample you talked about, it's on this video. You can actually watch it on this channel of me watching all these people fly off this uh, this freeway down into this uh, to the street below all careening into a big fireball and the fire engines come in to try to put it out and they blow up I mean it's, it's such chaos but it's fun to just watch all these little independent people doing their little things and the computer somehow gives everyone a little their own life of what they should be doing mm -hmm. in those situations and it's it's fascinating to me, you know, it's just, that's what I love about this game. So many little things to, to details to look at and yeah, it never gets old, never gets old. Yeah. It's, it was fun to see you. You got better at that game than I did. And it was fun to see you kind of really take to it and yeah, figure out all these exploits as we call them, things you could do just to mess around. And that is a true sandbox. I mean, yeah. just, just, Play how you want. And I, I love I love all kinds of games. And there is a time where that's what I like doing too. There's another game it'll, we'll talk about later that I did that a lot. It'll be interesting <clears throat> to see what they do for the next version because, I mean, they've done so much already. But all I can imagine is they must, they'll probably be putting it in a different city, another familiar city, like, I don't know, Las Vegas or New York or something like that. And, and that alone will be pretty cool to see, just to have a different world to explore. But what they've already created as elements in that world is already 
close to perfection. I don't yeah. know what, what they can do on the next level, but everybody always wants to, to see it. bigger. They just want to see bigger, bigger space, more to do, more interesting things. I'm sure they're they're working on it now, like you said. So <clears throat> all right. Well, my next game I have just started to play right now, and it is a sequel to a terrific game from, from 2013 called the game I've started playing now is called the last of us part two and the last of us part one came out in 2013. And I should talk briefly about that. Uh, but this type of game, it's called a action adventure survival horror game. Still uh, I think third you showed person. me a bit back in the day. Wasn't that kind of a, a apocalyptic zombie ish thing? Yeah. The last yeah. of us is really to me like playing the walking dead. If you like the Walking Dead TV show, The Last of Us is like that, except you're playing in a world of zombies and different levels of zombies, and you're trying to survive, trying to survive. And there's bad zombies, bad people, just like Walking Dead. Uh, that's why I like it. It's it it's fun in that way. And really, I, what I have to nod my hat to, though, is Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann it was the director of The Last of Us Part 1, and he's the game director of Part 2. And this guy, of all the people I've studied, he is the ultimate perfectionist. And he spends so many years directing a team to make these games like a true cinema game-playing experience where it's like playing a movie. I mean, the mm. characters are thought out, their dialogue is, is, it's impactful, emotional. They, they, they play with your emotions playing this game. You care about these characters. And I tried to get you to play The Last of Us. I, I had you play it when we were on a, on a trip together. And yeah, it just, you didn't take to it. I remember you, you tried it and it's, it's too bad because I, I thought for sure you would, you would want to keep playing it because I know you like The Walking Dead and I mm -hmm. said it's like playing The Walking Dead. And I, I remember, I have vague <clears> memory <throat> of it, but I just, I, yeah. I didn't jump in. I didn't jump in. It wasn't that I didn't, I didn't like it. It's just, haven't jumped, didn't pull the trigger. But you're on the second one already now. Yeah, I've started it. And it's one of those <clears> games where I'm trying to savor every moment because I, I don't hurry along. I try to explore every nook and cranny. I try to look for all the little secrets they've hidden. And I, I'm taking my time because this is the kind of game where I'm not in a hurry to get it done because I don't want it to be over because it's an experience that I know I'm going to remember, just like The Last of Us. And the coolest thing about The Last of Us 2 is I've gotten just far enough to know most of it takes place in Seattle. Hmm. So That's cool. It's a post-apocalyptic Seattle, so most of the city is has been overtaken by vegetation and growth. You know, it's reclaimed the buildings. There's vines everywhere. But uh, I just got to Seattle, so it was fun. I basically came up I five North with on a horse with my friend, and and of course they've got signs that says I ninety Seattle, and it's That's just awesome. so cool. It's so familiar, and of course I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I know where we are, and I'm thinking, okay, that bridge was never there. Oh, so, oh I was going to say, the, how much of the yeah. real downtown Seattle do you actually see accurate building well, representations? It, it's on. accurate. I mean, they they've tried to map it out, but then they've taken some creative liberties with adjusting a little here and there. Uh, but it's 
it's great. I mean, and I I just got there. I'm, I'm just getting started. I'm probably five percent into this game. So, oh. uh, but it's exciting that they picked Seattle as as really the main hub of most of the story, from what I know. Obviously, I've been very careful. I don't read spoilers on this game. I I try not to read anything. But it's gotten ten out of ten reviews off the board, just from game site to game site, and and I've been waiting for this game a long time. So I. I'm still going to play Gwent and The Last of Us 2. I'll just kind of just chip away at it, but I'm not in a hurry to complete it. So, uh, but boy, yeah, they, 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 uh, they started off with a bang. I didn't get too far and things, things went south quick in ways I wish they hadn't. But, you know, when you like characters, it's hard to see what happens to some of them and, and, uh, but that's a good game. But Neil Druckmann, I've, I've watched a lot of videos with him and listened to him talk. And he's, he could be a good film director, but he's very meticulous. Probably could be a difficult film director, too, because he's just very, very anal about every little detail. I mean, it's astounding how he'll, he'll bring an actor back in because of an inflection in their voice on one line. He wants to, he wants to tweak a little. And, uh, maybe it's impressive. he's one of those guys. He's perfect for a video game, but maybe wouldn't do so good on a film. <clears throat> Could <laughs> Just be right. because the, the time constraints on a video game it seems like they aren't quite as. Maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems like they can work in a much more longer span, longer term way versus in a movie. It's always that okay, we got to get through this day. This day has got to be done yeah. here, and and you're always in against the clock. Versus it feels like in the in the video game world that it's, it's, there's not such the linear you know, type of thing. Maybe not. Maybe it's just as stressful, but um, that's that's pretty cool. Remind me what the look of it is because I don't remember in my mind. Is it the same look like, like I don't know what you call the the GTA 5 look. Is that sort of real, normal 3D or is that a look and does yours have a look in that it's kind uh, of Last like, of Us movie? It's it's third person, so you see your character, but really it's it's a walking dead look. It's It's, you know, think of just everywhere you go, it's, it's abandoned gas stations and abandoned cars and and there's but of people, course but people look normal. They look like people, animated characters who are supposed to look as real as yes. people are supposed to look. Well, right? there's they don't bad like humans. Own. Just like in The Walking Dead, there's factions of humans that that kill other humans and and are bad and you, they're your enemies. And then there's zombies that they call them the infected in Walking Dead or Last of Us. They're the infected. But there's levels of infected. There's like zombie-like humans that just, a lot of times they're just in a corner going, and you have to sneak up behind them and take them out or they'll try to kill you. But then you get uh, tougher infected that are harder to kill. And there's there's new infected that I don't quite know, but I've read that they're pretty scary. And when you avoid them you, or when you come into contact with them, you, you may just want to try to stay away. But... Uh, one interesting thing in Last of Us 2, and I haven't gotten this far, but I read about it, is that they've introduced dogs that track you. So a lot of the bad factions have dogs, and apparently you have a scent. And your scent, you can look at your scent by hitting a button. It'll show you your scent, you know, where you've been. And apparently it's, you can't really hide out too long because the dogs will find you. Oh, but that's cool. What they're saying is anyone who's a dog lover, this is a tough game for them. Because really, the way you got to take care of the dogs is you got to kill them, and ah. and that's hard for dog lovers out there. Mm. I've, I've read that a lot of dog lovers. I've read reviews where the guy says, you know, Rover's my 
my best friend and my real rover in my life. And it's killing me to kill these dogs. He said, but he said, if you want my advice, you, you have to take them out. Because if you don't, they will find you. Mm. So it's a new element of the game. And I haven't gotten that far. So I haven't. I know in Grand Theft Auto, there are times when you have to kill a dog because you might have some guy sick his dog on you and you've got to shoot it down. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. there's not a lot of them, but you know, same thing has come across, but probably not as essential of an element as, as yours is. Oh, there you go. Do you have another game to talk about? So, like I said, Grand Theft Auto was sort of the top of my list. I'll just kind of mention this as more of a side thing, just because it's going on right now. My 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 girls, Sophie and Vanessa, fifteen and thirteen, they they um, they've sort of refound their love for Minecraft. And I don't know if your boys still play it. I know that everybody was playing it at one point. They and do. They dropped off. They still play. Oh yeah, Brett. Brett and his friends uh, spend a lot of evenings building. They're building their own Minecraft worlds. They're crafting buildings and. They work really hard at it. Okay. Well, yeah. so my, my girls have sort of found this, re, I think just because of this quarantine, they've, they've sort of found the fun of playing together on it. And it's great to see. They, they enjoy it. Vanessa's actually taken not just playing the game, but she has decided to write her own stories based on some of her Minecraft worlds. She likes to write. So she actually is, I haven't read the stories yet. She's just, won't let me look at it. Like, oh, I'm still working on it. So she has these different worlds and these different characters in it that she's made stories of. So it's fun. They still enjoy it. They still have to kind of go to it and just have their, they don't play online. They just play the two of them, you know, on the, on the game system themselves together. But uh, yeah, they can still go for hours and have a great time depending on they might do the competitive thing where they're trying to kill each other or they'll just play and build stuff or they'll role play and pretend like they're characters in the show and, you know, act them out as they go. So it's, it's neat to see them re-exploring that again and, um, and then seeing Vanessa go into the writing, letting that be the inspiration for her writing. So that, that was something I'd not seen coming. So it's just fun to see that they, because of this extra time spent at home these days, it, it sort of forced them to go back to playing that because they hadn't played it in a while and uh, this kind of rekindled that love of that game. So it's one of the few games that they play um, as far as together. That's kind of like the only video game really and, and occasionally uh, a couple of other games, but this is the one, definitely the go-to one that they, uh, they, they enjoy doing. So Minecraft's still alive and well in our house. It sounds like it is in yours too. Yep, it is. Uh, a game I was going to mention that's Minecraft-like. That yeah, if they ever get bored of Minecraft, you might mention. Ask them if they've ever heard of Terraria. They've never mentioned that game before. Just ask, ask you them. have, but they may have. They may have. Ask them if they've heard of it. Terraria came out in 2011, and Terraria is really a Minecraft game, but it's all side-scrolling 2D. So just think of Minecraft reduced down to to side-scrolling two dimensions where the whole world is up, down, left, right. But it's like huge. Like Super Mario, like Super Mario when it first Super came Mario, out. yep. Super Mario mm. Minecraft. But you're a character and you can dig down into, there's all kinds of worlds underground. There's minerals, you mine, you mine stuff, you build houses, you, you protect yourself from bad guys. There's boss battles. Uh, it's, you can explore, fight. So, you know, do your thing, play with others. You can... You can have you, others come into your world and you can work together on things. And uh, that's another game Brett and Kyle really like to play. And I played a little bit. Byron really got into Terraria. He, he, 
he got into that really hard. Mm. So uh, Terraria is, is ask them if they've heard of it. They might All have. Right. Uh, you can play I'll it on the Xbox on too. It's on the Xbox. All right. But, um, so what's, what do you got on your list? Well, where I was going to mention Borderlands 3. Were, were you going to mention Borderlands 3? I know you gave it a shot. <laughs> uh, well, let's just talk about that one together since we did play it. You did introduce yeah. it to me. So, but I'll let you do the intro. You, you know it better. You could probably describe it a little bit better in more accurate terms. I could just add my, my limited experience in playing it for a little bit. Well, those of you watching on the YouTube channel, my T-shirt is a Borderlands reference. Uh, Fiona is a character from a Borderlands game, not Borderlands 3, but I'll let you figure out where she's from. Borderlands 3 is a first-person loot shooter. So shoot and loot, as we call it. And you play with others uh, or play by yourself. Parties up to four people. You design a character from one of four classes, and each <clears throat> character class has different abilities. And after that, you just play with, you know, Borderlands 3 is the most fun playing with a friend. And it's all about shooting and looting and going through quests. Uh, the best thing going for the Borderlands franchise has always been the humor. They have really funny characters that say funny stuff that makes you laugh. And that just makes it more fun to play. And uh, you and I, Norb, have, I, I, I got you to play it with me. Made some videos and mm -hmm. I, I unfortunately so far you you you're still working through the learning curve and there is a learning curve and it's like my friend David summed it up watching you play he said it's it's a good reminder of what gets in the way of fun at the beginning <laughs> no, and, that's what I was talking about just that yep. part when you're still learning and you can't just yep. play you're still stumbling on yourself on trying to do little basic things that that somebody else just doesn't even think about but. We'd, we had gone through the first wave, and then I think you'd given me some tips on just different configurations to try with custom buttons on the mouse, and I was going to try a whole different approach, and then yeah. I just I never quite got into 2.0. Not to say I'm not going to, but I just hadn't launched into it, so we're kind of in the in-between mode where I need to get season two of <laughs> me playing on it again and with the new revamped controls, and hopefully that'll make the experience a little bit more, uh, a little more smoother, but... <clears throat> Um, but I did enjoy it. it. It was fun to to do a game that I hadn't played before, jumping full on in, and even making videos at the same time. But um, never been to a, in a game where there were so many guns. I mean, it was so yeah. amazing how many different types of weapons there are. And and I mean, I quickly lost track. I would have known the difference between one. You were trying to explain to me, oh, this gun is a level, this gun, and you want to get this. And again, it's that not only is there a physical challenge of learning what to do. There's the psychological, mental challenge, which you learn to just go, oh, I need to get that, I need to do this, I need to swap this, swap this. But when you don't know yet second nature, you're like, okay, that's, what is that again? It's a uh, level two, so I should switch. Where's that switch button? So there's all those things take 10 times as long compared yeah. to a, 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 a habit player. You can just go, oh, okay, okay, let's go. You know, so there's, I'm still in that struggling mode of getting past the, how to and what am I supposed to do again? And so that obviously was part of the slow progress of me continuing along uh, the, the destination. But um, man, uh, I mean, first person shooter heaven. I mean, there's just so many different targets and vehicles and things to run. And, and like I said, the, the humor with the different character interactions or, you know, it, it reminded me of when we would play campaign on, on, uh, on, 
Halo, which we didn't do a lot of, but it reminded me of that, except with a lot more humor and a lot more guns, a lot more powerful guns. Mm. So I'm looking forward to you know, jumping back in there, trying out the new configurations, and hopefully that can get me past that hump to where it's like, okay, I can just Well, play and again, now. before we play together again, you really should just play a little by yourself. Right, got to practice. Just give yourself bit. that time to where you, you don't feel that pressure like there's someone else who's kind of waiting for you. To Even though I was never waiting for you, I, I know what you're going through. But right. it gives you a chance to just just figure things out a little bit on your own pace. So. Well, it'll, it'll make the time together played more rewarding, I think, yeah. than, than it is when there's more struggle <laughs> than, I think, achievement in the process of, you know, trying to make the most of this multi-hour session that you have um, with somebody yep. else playing. So, but... Yeah, it was it was a fun game, and it's a cool look. That's why I was asking about the look of the other one, of the last ones, or what's it called again? Last of Us. Last of Us. The Last of Us. Because Borderlands definitely has a unique look to it that's got, I don't know, it's like a line art type look to it, so it has a slight comic book-ish look, yet it's no, The Last 3D. of Us is pretty standard. It's like, okay. it looks like GTA. It's just, you know, different world, but... People yeah, look Borderlands like people. definitely has a unique look to it. It's just yeah, that extra liner. little pencil lining outline that they do that makes it not quite it's different. just regular 3D. It's different. And I haven't seen a lot of games that had that look. So that was kind of another unique, cool thing about it. Yeah. Um, well, a couple of games I'll just mention real quick is uh, um, uh, God of War, which there's been a lot of God of War games. The last Kurt one they made. That game. What's that? Mm-hmm. I think Kurt likes that game. Isn't Kurt used to play God of I War? I think he used Gears of War. Oh, Gears of War. Gears okay, of wrong war. war. G yeah. of War. Wrong one. Okay. Yeah, you're, right. yeah, you're close. Gears of War. I never, I tried one, couldn't quite hit it, but I probably didn't give it enough time. But God of War is a, you played as Kratos over many, many games. Started with the PlayStation 2. And the last version was for the PlayStation 4 and you were in, in the Norse mythology. But God of War had just really good story writing, interesting characters, definitely some world, you know, a little RPG elements. They've increased that. Uh, I played it to the end. Darn good game. Uh, glad I did. Uh, so that is definitely one worth checking out. The surprise of the year probably for me was one called um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which, which I was just searching a good RPG on the PlayStation 4 because I just finished God of War and that came up and it came out in 2017. And so I, it was cheap. So I gave it a shot and I got totally hooked. You play as a, uh, a female protagonist named Allo- Alloy. She's a hunter who ventures through a post-apocalyptic land ruled by robotic creatures. It's different. It's all the creatures look like Look like creatures you'd recognize from dinosaurs to elephants, but they're all robots. So it's different, but cool. But you get into the the detail of this world and the story writing, and again, it, it unfolds a greater story underlining what happened. Why is the world like this? And uh, highly recommend. I, I got my friend Dave to play it. He's, uh, he's a 3D artist friend of mine. I, I said, you have got to play this. I know you like it. And I sent him a copy of the game. I said, you got to play it. And he did. And he, he got hooked. He played it to the end. I didn't even finish it. I got close and I read they're going to release it for PC in the next month or so. And I thought I might play it on PC because then I can get a graphical upgrade. 
because I, I really like good graphics and games. So uh, I, I will revisit it at that point. But good game. Good game. Uh, very, very well made. I'm glad they're making a sequel. They announced a sequel already. It's going to come out with the PlayStation 5 when it launches this holiday season. Ah, okay. So, so that's all I have on my list except my dishonorable mention. Do you have any game you tried in the last 10 years, Norb, that just sucked? You gave it a shot and was like, this sucks. I'm done. Uh, not really. I think I was just going to mention casually in passing that uh, I, I realized, you know, a game I did play for a, a spell, I was pretty into it. I don't play a lot of games, even on my phone. I know a lot of people have phone games. But... Uh, I did. There was a time when I was into Angry Birds. I, I never got to the oh, point of yeah. playing the pay, but I did play Angry Birds. And you know, we all never knew the, how big that thing was going to grow to become movies and all that, all the uh, all the merch that came from that. And I don't know if it's still as popular now, but I did have a time when I was playing that a lot. I was, you know, yeah! and trying to knock those things that over. Was I was pretty addicted for a while. I haven't touched it in. In quite a while, but at the time it came out, I remember I was I was definitely hooked, and I just I never got into that trap of doing the pay for play games on the phone. And there's a ton of them. Uh, that one too, I think if you really got into it, you could have put money into it as well. No, but, but you know uh, what sucks about Angry Birds is that you have to deal with those ads. There's no yeah. way that in the early versions you could buy it and then it would turn off the ads, but now they will not let you. You basically oh. are stuck with ads, and I hate that. I don't want ads while I'm gaming, and that that's why I got off the Angry Birds bandwagon, because yeah. I didn't like being forced to, to deal right. with ads. I hated it. And I read that yeah. they put a lot of stuff on your phone that tracks mm. what you're doing. I, I So I gave up on it, because it was fun. Angry was, Birds. Well, I have a dishonorable mention, which is, I had to think about it for a while, because... Most games I play are are always fun in one way or another, but there's one, you know, and unfortunately this one was fun, but it was a bust as far as the campaign. And that is a game called Just Cause 4. And this came out in oh. 2018. And I know you remember I was playing the, the crap out of Just Cause 3, which I think I even gave you an Xbox one disc of Just Cause 3 as, as saying, I think you'd like this because it's a sandboxy type type experience. And Just Cause 3 was great. I mean, you play as Rico Rodriguez and it's just all about infiltrating bases. You never run out of ammo. It's always ammo. It's just shoot forever. And the fun is watching things blow up. I mean, half of all the enemy strongholds always have big gas tanks. It's very convenient. They have these giant gas tanks at every enemy base that are just waiting for you to shoot up <laughs> to be and watch them blow up into fireballs and take things with them. And and uh, and Just Cause 3, you know, you have this harpoon system where you can attach yourself to things and fly around like Spider-Man. But, in fact, I was showing it to you and Rob, and you guys were both telling me, why don't you harpoon those NPC innocent bystanders and, and see what happens when you harpoon them to a car driving by. So I did it. So I harpooned a person, attached them to the car, and they go, Aah! and then the car drives away, just dragging them down the road. That was pretty cool. You, you guys thought that was yep, the greatest that was pretty thing cool. ever. And, and uh, so Just Cause 4 came out, and I was really excited about that. And they added the ability to, in addition to all the harpoon fun, they added the ability to, you can attach pair, like inflatable helium balloons to things. 
So a car goes by and you can zap it with a balloon and the balloon lifts the car up in the air. And then when it gets really high, you can shoot the balloon and then the car falls and blows up when it hits the ground. <laughs> so you could then add balloons to people. So you could balloon an NPC and they get raised up in the air and shoot the balloon and they fall to the ground and bounce. And it was very fun. And I got very crafty with just trying, sometimes probably like you in GTA, I'd fire up the game and all I would do is just get creative to see what I could blow up in this intersection. And I'd barely uh -huh. do any more of the story. And that's what gets into why this is a dishonorable mention because the story, they changed the whole mechanic and just cause three, you infil infiltrated bases and the more you did, it opened up more parts of the world. Just Cause 4, there was this confusing thing about how you have to defeat enough enemies and then the balance of power changes in the area. And once that happens, you're supposed to do this. And it's confusing. It's like taxation of trade routes. You're like, what? I don't understand. I just want to, hmm. I just want to blow up that base and open up that part of the world and then go a little further and complete these challenges. And in Just Cause 4, I, I didn't understand. And I wasn't the only one because it was poorly reviewed. And all reviewers said the same thing. It's confusing, convoluted system of progression. And mm. what it was, I guess they felt like they needed to change things up and make it different. And someone had an idea. Let's do this. This will be cool. And we just wanted more of the same. We just... It's like when they come out with GTA 6, you want to be able to do the same things you're doing now, but then maybe more. And Just Cause 4, right. unfortunately... Or in a different yeah, world. It, it, mm. You could do the same things, but you still want to kind of open up the world and progress through the campaign. I mean, you just do. And so, sadly, it was a, it was a bust. I, I stopped playing it, and I wasn't the only one, so... I'm guessing there will be a Just Cause 5. I have not heard, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with great fanfare and say, we've listened to the fans and we're reverting back to what you want. You know, companies love to do that. They love to when they, they don't ever admit failure, but they love to come out and say when they're ready, we're, we're going to, we're listening to you fans. We're doing what yeah. you asked they, for. They us. just never fixed the game that was broken. They just quietly said nothing <laughs> about that. <laughs> right. Well, just the next one. Hey, we do, we're doing what you guys want for this yeah, next one. But we're not going to admit we screwed <sighs> up for the last one. <sighs> yeah. Like you said, they don't like to admit that they did something wrong. Sounds like that's yeah. just the what you don't want to ever do in the gaming but world. Just Cause 3, Norb. Well, I, still, I still recommend Just Cause 3 is. If you're just ever really bored with GTA, Just Cause 3, I, I know you would have fun because you blow up a lot of stuff and there's great explosions. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Just Cause 3 because it ties into a project I was working on with one of our producer friends in California. And he was involved with doing these sort of side videos oh, that's right. that's uh, right. to help promote the, the game. I think it was to promote 3, but maybe it was to promote 4. I don't remember the timing of when it was, but uh, it, it was a series of shorts that involved blowing up real stuff. And I think it might have had some of the characters who voiced the show. Like, I really didn't know the game, so I didn't know who the people were who were in this video. But they would basically have somebody say, hey, guess what? We're going to blow up a bunch of bananas and see what that looks like. Yeah, let's go do it. So then they'd have a guy talking about all the Primacord and all the dynamite or whatever they're using. And then they'd rig all these cameras, some of them with super high-speed slow-mo. And then uh, they'd show these things blown up. <laughs> 
something that's really slow, and they just get that aerial angle, you know, all these different angles and stuff blown up. And my job was to basically mix and sound design the whole thing so the explosions have this really cool, thunderous sound to it. It's a fun project. I mean, things blowing up. I mean, how can you go wrong yeah. with working on that? It was, it was So we did several things. One was bananas, another one was a car, another one was a bunch of barrels and stuff and then another one was some other bunch of things but I remember the first one was the bananas one and then they, they released it out and I remember they got a bunch of flack because instead of being this cool oh that was awesome it was like how can you guys go about blowing up and wasting a bunch of bananas mm-hmm. that's food that could go feed some people you know in another nation it's such a waste and so they got all this backlash they had to take wow. it down because the bananas thing just you know watching all this fresh banana stuff just going to waste was you know they a lot of people went online and they didn't like it so it was interesting how that kind of backfired on them uh, at least on that what particular do you blow one, up without the upsetting okay. anyone yeah who, who knew that that'd be such a big deal but uh yeah there, that was fun but that was related to, to the did, just you, did you do some music game, that so. sounded like yes we have no bananas we have no bananas <laughs> today <laughs> But but no, I didn't do the music on that one. It was just something more your typical type of rock music stuff. But um, yeah, funny memory though with the uh, well, Rico Cause. Rodriguez is a, is a fun character. I mean, Just Cause Three. Every time you launch the game, the loading screen it shows Rico on a beach drinking a glass of whiskey, and a big explosion goes off in the foreground, and he raises his glass to it. I mean. That right away tells you what kind of game you're in for. If you like explosions, yeah. And uh, Rico's best line that you hear all the time whenever you like strap an NPC to a car or accidentally shoot him, Rico always says, uh, "I probably shouldn't be doing that." But then he <laughs> does it all the time. So that's all he says. You don't ever get punished for any of that. He just says, that's "I probably funny. shouldn't be doing that." That's what we always think before we're about to do something yep. bad. So. <laughs> Oh, you know, Norb, it's, you can play it. You've got the disc. It's, I might have to, it's fun. Try it on for some. Fun game. Because four, four was a bomb, sadly. So three was, Hmm. three was awesome. Three was good. I played that all the way to the end. I got to the point where I could get this big, huge plane. You could take over this big plane. I know in GTA, you can get planes too. And three, you get this big army military carrier. And I, I had to do it. I had to take it off to see if I could do it. I did. Took it off flying around. Well, that was like that was like the feeling for me. We tried so many times in GTA to steal the uh, fighter jet, and we did it on some of our trips yeah. and couldn't do it. And got close and got shot down. Finally, I did it. Finally, I I succeeded in stealing the jet. And man, that was a great feeling because I couldn't believe it. I stole the jet. It was, it was incredible. I actually stole the GTA military jet, and. Uh, I had to do it by myself, but when I finally got that jet, it was a pretty awesome feeling. Yeah. So um, I have it saved now, so I can always go to a game where I have the jet saved, and it's pretty fun to be able to drive over the city and just blow up cars with <laughs> with missiles and with guns and stuff. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, you got a surprise finish to this. I do. Um, I was. I have a lot of video game collectible memorabilia. Talking to the mic here. A lot of video game collectible memorabilia. I got to reach down and pull this out. But this was a this was a collectible I got from the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. This game has a lot of oh. dragons in it. 
And you can see that's Alduin, one of the, the big dragons oh, in the game. Cool. And this was a really cool collectible that I, I got back in 11-11-11 that came with my PlayStation 3 collectible. Ring. See, roar! See if we can get him in focus there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, I got this at the GameStop in Sammamish that is no longer. When we first moved up here, they had a... Uh, GameStop there, and it's uh, sadly closed. So when I drive by that building, I always remember being in line for my my Skyrim game. So that is a neat collectible that I like having. It's cool. Well, I'm going to throw a spur of the moment th surprise to show sure. as well. And this is kind of a surprise show of how pathetic uh, I can be with these games. I tell you, sometimes there's games I want to play, and there have been even some games that I bought, and I... Still never even got to play them because I just never got around to them. So a couple of games are still shrink-wrapped. Nice. I actually have I have Madden 18 right here with Tom Brady on the uh, on the cover. Never cracked the seal. <laughs> so I last, like I said, last time I played it was 17. I had this disc. I think you gave me this disc. Never opened it. And then this game, which uh, Battlefront 2 Star Wars, wow. um, looked really cool. I remember seeing a lot of ads for it. I thought, I can't wait to play that. So I went out and bought it. And uh, yeah, it's Where's uh, your Just Cause 3 disc that I gave you? You got that uh, handy? Uh, I was trying to find it. It was, uh, yeah, I know, it's, it's somewhere around here. Where'd it go? I thought it was in the same pile, but apparently it, it shifted. Nope, I don't have the Just Cause 3. Carried. It was all kind of part of that same unwrapped pile. It's probably on another shelf, but well, it's sometimes yeah. when you when you buy the case and you hold it in your hand, it's almost like you're playing it, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many. I'm sure most kids, as soon as you buy those discs, the moment you hit the door and you hit your house, it's it's going into the system. How many people can say they, they they bought the games and as soon as they ran home, put it on the shelf and never opened it for? Well, you ran years. home I mean, and you walked in the pathetic. door and all these things hit you. Norb, you need to do this. Norb, Dad, help me with my homework. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, it's probably. two in the morning. But if, if, if there was a time to do it, it would probably be right now when we're still in this strangely stuck at home, you know, feel right now. So maybe I'll be able to crack the seal on some of these, but we'll see. But all right. Well, hope you enjoyed that. That's it. All right. Well, so hopefully maybe there's some games you might want to try out now that you've heard a little bit about them. But uh, appreciate you guys uh, watching on YouTube. You can hit the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and that notification bell button. It helps our channel immensely. And for everybody who's listening, thanks for sticking around and joining us on this little talk about video games on the podcast. Keep listening, tell your friends about it, and send us a message and a comment or an email. Let us know what you think of the show, and if you have any uh, things you'd like to have us talk about, we'd love to hear from you. All right, I'm Norm. I'm Mike. And we are The Watchmen. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching The Watchmen. Please click on here to watch other episodes, and be sure to hit that like button, too. And please subscribe and hit that notification bell. That way you'll always be alerted to any future episodes. It really helps us out and we appreciate it. We'll see you next time. And remember, we'll be watching.